Hi, welcome to For the Culture Canada, the center point of art and entrepreneurship. Today, I have a particularly interesting person on my podcast. Now, I met this person through Nikita, and uh, he's a photographer as well. He's shot in California on mountains in the cusp with his brother. He's shot at UBCO events with a very cool story to accompany that Vanek at level. And just recently, he shot at uh, Center of Gravity that just happened the prior weekend with Juicy J, Wu-Tang Clan, and this insane shot of RZA. It's so crazy. Probably the most favorite shot I've seen you ever take. Like, it's awesome. so crazy. It's so crazy. I appreciate that. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Today, I have Alex Taylor of, uh, well, at Young Taylor on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming, man. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, man. My pleasure. It's awesome. Super yeah. stoked. <laughs> Hell yeah. I knew I actually wanted you on my podcast when I met you. I knew that you were doing photography and everything, mm -hmm. but just I didn't know what the right time was. And so after I saw your shots at COG, though, I was just like, yo, this is crazy. I need this guy on my thing right now. So yeah, Sweet. that's I why I brought that, you here. But before we get into everything, I wanted to ask, where did you grow up? How did you get into the whole photography thing in the first place? So uh, born in Kelowna, BC, uh, grew up here, went to school here, uh, spent a lot of time in California as well with my brother. Uh, my dad, he travels around for work. He's an architect. So quite a bit of time was spent in San Francisco in the Bay Area. Uh, so summers we'd be down there hanging out. Um, but I think the one thing that kind of got me going with photography, same thing with my brother, I'm sure, is uh, my dad, actually. So he lived in Japan. That's where he met his mom, which is pretty awesome. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, he was working in Tokyo for about nine years. And while he was there, he was shooting 35mm film. Like, that was his deal. Yeah. Loved it. So uh, I think, like, one day my dad just brought out a box of his old camera gear, his old Nikon FE that unfortunately just got stolen out of my car about a month ago yeah nikita yeah. was saying yeah yeah, that was super unfortunate big bummer but uh yeah i brought all that out and he was showing us and i was like damn this is sick like <laughs> i want to be packing around this gear you know shooting photos and capturing moments and uh yeah nikita started shooting more and did some weddings did some event stuff started shooting at the local clubs and then yeah i think that kind of just inspired me and just got me on the right path and I eventually picked up my first camera, started shooting lots and yeah, things kind of just snowballed from there. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, that almost seems like yesterday and now I'm shooting and doing podcasts, <laughs> which is pretty insane. <laughs> I mean, like you make it seem like for the culture is a big, big deal. It's not, don't worry, but <laughs> no, not a, a high lot of pressure here. Yeah, totally chill. Everyone's on the same level. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, when did you graduate high school, by the way? So I graduated kind of like in between 2016, 2017. So I graduated early. So December of 2016, moved to Vancouver. Uh, I was running track competitively at the time. So I started right. training with the UBC team and then the following year moved back to Kelowna. And now, yeah, I've just been living here. Went to KSS, super great school, super stoked. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I'm from RSS, but I have nothing against you. I promise. <laughs> you know, as long as we're all good in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're all good, man. As far as as far as I'm concerned, this is a place of peace. But um, yeah, so you came from an athletic background, mm -hmm. uh, and the was the photography with you in high school, or was that did that come a little later? Um, I think I learned quite a bit about it in high school uh, a couple of my friends erica papke she's actually at a school 
on the island, or no, not on the island, in Vancouver, actually. Right. Uh, she's at Capilano. That's where she's at. And she's doing uh, visual arts and uh, professional filming there. And she started shooting photos in high school as well. And I kind of, I was around shooting photos quite a bit. And yeah, I kind of, that was kind of where I learned about it. And I would shoot photos with them every once in a while. I'd borrow the camera or something. And that was also, that was more of a kind of, background thing i'd say to the track and the athletics um but it was always kind of like on the side and i was super stoked about it and i wanted to do more of it but i also knew that track was a huge part of my life at the time and i didn't want to just like completely sacrifice it and just shove it off to the side for photography yeah which right now i'd say they're about a 60 40 where now the photography is a big thing and track is starting to become less just because of you know, photography is doing great right now, and I'm really yeah. stoked about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said you're taking a like before we started the interview. You mm-hmm. said that you're taking a year off a of track, right? Yeah, just recovery time. I think uh, I trained for about four years straight, next to no rest. And I think everyone gets burnt out at a certain point. And yeah. I think this is a time where I need to go and explore other options and mm-hmm. figure out what I want to do as far as if I want to continue track, if I want to pursue photography to the fullest. But I think right now track is still definitely an option it's definitely there Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think i just need to step back and you know everyone needs a rest period yeah of course i mean that's kind of natural yeah yeah yeah. uh very cool man uh and so i just because i'm very very curious Mm -hmm. uh what was your first camera uh first camera oof see actually no it was a nikon d5100 actually yeah oh that's a that's a intermediate step Mm -hmm. camera not so beginner i'd say the reasoning behind that, I definitely would have gone for like a super basic beginner. Yeah. Uh, one of them being, I shot on my brother's first camera for a while, and that was a D thirty one hundred, and that was entry level Nikon, basic yeah. like bare bones. Oh yeah. Um, and prior to that, I was shooting on my dad's just like cool pics point and shoot Nikon. <laughs> so when it came to like the time where I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy my own camera. This is gonna be mine. I had already kind of known a little bit about how to work a camera yeah and then when i got to the store luckily enough the d5100 was on sale it was like one of those open box specials and oh so it was the same price as d3100 and i was like okay sweet might as well did you get it from best buy i did hell yeah <laughs> bro i used to work there dude actually. they have some sweet deals sometimes it's crazy oh you want to hear about a crazy deal yeah i had the, okay uh, as an Indian man, I love my deals, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's um, but there was this guy that I was helping out when mm-hmm. I worked there, and he was looking for the Canon 60D. It, it was the camera, a prime lens, a zoom lens, a flash, and a bag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was normally like 1279 or something like that, mm-hmm. but it was open box. Um, and I took too long finding it. You know what the open box price was? What? 599 Oh, dude, that's insane. Yeah, I took too long finding it, and he left. And when I saw this, I'm like, yo, this is actually really insane. I've been wanting to get a camera, <laughs> and this deal is just, just absolutely Just hopped nuts. right on that, hey? I just hopped on it, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And uh, so now that guy still doesn't have a camera, as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> now I'm but shooting... you come out on the top, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, here I am. Sweet. Many, many years later, still shooting with that same camera. As long so, as it works. Right? It's dope. It's so sick. But yeah, no. Uh, honestly, Best Buy has like such insane open box prices sometimes. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, yeah. If if you're trying to find something that normally, 
if you go to a camera store, you know it's going to be like always like full price, full price MSRP. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like low key, go to Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, even the selection used to be kind of shit back then, uh, like way way back. But now they're actually getting. They've got good. like A seven S twos there now, which yeah. is pretty crazy. And you guys got like some pretty dope like mavic pros and stuff and like yeah. gh5s i was pretty impressed that was sick karmas and shit oh man. yeah oh yeah and i think you can even get the um r3 the sony r3 oh really there. yeah so yeah. they're like stepping their game up yeah i think photography is like becoming a lot i wouldn't say mainstream but people are starting to appreciate it more and more of it being an art yeah which yeah. is super awesome and then yeah with that comes big companies wanting to promote it more and more right exactly exactly and i think instagram also created that kind of popularity because oh yeah like no denying you see like instagram photographers every day like it's big ben emmett sparling sam colder everyone knows sam colder look right yeah and big companies are gonna see that and they're like oh man like everyone wants to shoot that now Mm -hmm. so we're gonna give them the opportunity to exactly but you gotta pay for that unfortunately <laughs> yeah and you know what though you don't even need to get a big camera anymore like not at all now you might think i'm talking about slr cameras and you could just go to mirrorless which you can mm-hmm. but i'm just saying you could even do really well with just your iphone oh man uh what is it like four days ago uh at nice climbing i was doing like a little photo shoot for some of their products and the boss he whipped out his iphone i think it's like the iphone x or the 10 yeah. yeah the iphone 10 man portrait mode is insane dude <laughs> like yeah. that definitely rivals my camera too as yeah. far as like the bokeh and everything it's insane well they're so smart with the technology mm-hmm. right because it you have the uh zoom lens which uh blurs the background for you and yeah. it keeps you in focus it's no. the most insane technology it's crazy oh that's nuts that's huge yeah it's so smart like oh my god it's so smart yeah so um that's really cool photography is a lot more accessible now than ever before which yeah. is amazing i love that you for know? sure um and it's very cool to see all these different styles come out of it and everything too so it's very very cool yeah i love seeing what everyone has to offer and like bring to the table and everyone's different style and different taste seeing different editing styles because unfortunately instagram becomes quite saturated with the same content because i'm not sure whose look it kind of started off with but now everyone's kind of as far as landscape photographers go they all kind of get into the same rut um and then same thing with like urban exploration was super huge this past year and definitely there are people who are like breaking strides and doing it their own way but you just still see so much of the same stuff and then when somebody brings a fresh new look it's just oh it's awesome to see breath of fresh air oh for sure yeah Yeah, definitely it's like oh i haven't seen that before but this person is like doesn't have 100k followers i respect that like yeah somebody who's just shooting for fun Mm -hmm. they're not some big instagrammer and they have their own fresh style is just like can't get enough of it it's mint yeah <laughs> it's yeah. mint for sure yeah oh yeah oh yeah 100 percent. okay so um you went with the nikon that's mm-hmm. that's where we were at in that conversation what yeah. a major tangent that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> but okay so you went with the nikon how long did you shoot with that for well quite a few years actually um i actually sold it like three months ago really uh, yeah i had the a7 II. i got that in january of this year so i probably shot on the nikon for close to three years wow yeah and like i didn't even get 
a second lens, like other than the kit lens until like the second year that I had it. Yeah. I think I just didn't know the benefits of a, like a good lens. Yeah. And which is totally fair. Cause when you have your first camera, the entire point of it is to use it to its fullest capabilities, learn how to shoot photos and like learn your aesthetic. And then once you've kind of exceeded that, then you can move on. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not the gear that's doing the work. It's you. Yeah. So I think, up until that like two-year point i definitely didn't need that lens right yeah and then i went to a 35 mil 1.8 which is like totally basic 200 dollars. just picked it up wanted something with a higher eye or bigger aperture yeah and of course yeah yeah then yeah kind of stuck around with that up until this year and then finally went full frame which was big step which yeah was so sweet you just get so much more information which oh 100 percent. yeah like there's so much more to work with when it comes to like shadows highlights all of the crazy kind of like post work that you can do with it is insane yeah oh 100 percent. and just <laughs> the amount of stuff you can get in the frame yeah. is just a dream and i never i i actually through connections at work i was able to borrow actually a um a7s2 for a week or so and i've never realized how much you can actually get in the frame. Like I never realized how like different movement looks when you're recording yeah. a video. No, know? that's huge. Um, definitely like with crop, just since like a smaller sensor, so you don't get as much. And then like the movement within the sensor is restricted. Yeah. So you definitely get those little hop moments where you see somebody like walking by and it's kind of jittery. It's not like that perfect fluid motion walking through. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say I, if I were to stick with like, only shooting nature i would have stuck with a crop sensor just because you can get that zoom mm-hmm. but if you're shooting kind of on a daily basis that full frame is so nice I just, oh yeah i love it i can't get enough of it <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. yeah especially if you want to be like high level vlogger type person with like a gorilla pod and like <laughs> yeah. the and the road bike you know yeah. classic setup so yeah. yeah yeah full frame is the way to be if that's who you want to be exactly it's all dependent on what you're going to shoot i find like you got to make a list what you're primarily going to shoot, when you're going to shoot it. Like, you got to figure out what you need that camera to do. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you should have a camera, like, with all of those specs. And then you'd be like, okay, this is my price range. This is what I want to do with it. This is where I'm going to shoot all this stuff. And then you should have, like, that perfect camera that'll fit right in there. Yeah. For me, that full frame was a huge key, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's all dependent. Yeah, absolutely. And you were saying you went with a Sony in January? Yeah, I was with a Sony a7 II. I think for me, it was just like how small they were. Yeah. Um, The portability, I could put it in any backpack really and not even notice that it's there. Right. Um, And then unfortunately, all my gear got stolen out of my car on Canada Day. You heard about that. Yeah, your brother brother was saying, yeah. Yeah, that was a major bummer. But um, this past couple of weeks, I've just been trying to figure things out with insurance and whatnot. Right. Um, Have then, you been giving serial numbers to like pawn shops and things? Yeah, I sent sent all the stuff to pawn shops to the cops, and they're figuring it out. Um, and I've obviously been like checking Craigslist and Kijiji twenty four seven Facebook, all all the sites you could really think about. Right. But uh, unfortunately, since it's Canada Day, there's a lot of people from out of town and a lot of people wanting to cause trouble. So. Mm-hmm. It is what it is at the end of the day. Uh, the biggest bummer for me, though, about that scenario was memory cards. Because yeah. I had a lot of sweet, sweet 
memory on there from uh, our California trip. Yeah. So that was a big bummer and a roll of film that hadn't been developed. So those were like the two big things where I was just like mind boggled, like, oh no, like what am I going to do with this? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, gear can be replaced, memories can't, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and the unfortunate thing though too is that that film camera was belonged to your dad. Yeah. And it was a piece of film from way back in his mm-hmm. day. Not something that you guys have been shooting, right? Uh, the the film that was shot by me. So that oh, was like... Oh, it was. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So that was like... Man, I would no, not know what to do if that was my dad's film. I would just break down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. Yeah. But like, still big bummer, but it would have been... It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's the sentimentality, though, that you lost. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it, it also kind of like... It makes you reflect. You're like, okay, what what could have been going through this person's mind? Because it was parked in a nice neighborhood. It was parked in my friend's driveway. And I, I don't know. It's just unfortunate that people have to go and do that. Yeah. Did they, like, break into your car? No. They, from what I think they did, I think they pulled back, like, the door frame and then just, like, unlocked it or something with, like, uh, whatever you use to unlock yeah. cars or break into. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, super unfortunate. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Damn, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. You know what? Back on top now. Yeah. Get back stronger, right? Yeah, yeah. And now you went with a Canon full frame. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> the portability and the size of the a7 II was super awesome. But personally, I just, I love the feeling of a DSLR. That is like having like a nice sturdy pro body or whatever you want to call it DSLR in your hand. That is just like super huge, the feel of it. And then also comes down to using Canon lenses on a Canon body. Yeah. Because I had an adapter so that I could use my 16 to 35 on my Sony. Yeah. And it was, as far as photography and daylight, totally fine. And same thing with video. It was, like, a little bit iffy on the autofocus. But as soon as it was, like, low ISO or, like, dark situations, it just, the autofocus wasn't there. Yeah. And I think for shooting what i shoot which is event stuff and night stuff that was like a big turning point i was like okay i need that autofocus always to be on point yeah i can't have those like slightly off just like you know something's off but you can't really pinpoint what it is yeah yeah. and then somebody's like okay that's the autofocus like it's just out of focus so that was like a big thing for me and then just yeah you don't have to buy adapters you don't have to buy all that silly extra equipment it's just you know it's gonna work 100 percent of the time yeah and what Mm -hmm. canon was it uh, I went with the 5D Mark III. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a dream camera of mine when I was like way younger. It's a beast. It's an amazing camera. Yeah, and it's so durable. Like, I think your camera is like pretty much like weather sealed like mm-hmm. to a T. Except like unless it turns into an ice block, but still. Yeah, well, funny thing enough, uh, I was watching a vlog online and somebody's 5D actually froze while they were doing a follow cam with their car uh, shooting in the winter yeah and it still turned on and he said the only thing that's not weather sealed is the fact that like if you don't have a filter at the end of your lens that's what messes you over oh so yeah. as, as long as you have like a filter on your lens you're nearly waterproof like you can stand in the rain and shoot photos and nothing's gonna happen oh my god it's pretty crazy the technology that they've had so wild it's crazy yeah yeah that's so wild dude um did you also get that at best buy 
No, uh, I got that at London Drugs. Really? Yeah, they had like a... What the hell, man? <laughs> Traitor! <laughs> but uh, no, they had a manager's sale because it's discontinued now. They brought yeah, the, they had the, the Mark, Mark IV. IV. Yeah, yeah. and I'm no, not going to drop five grand on a body. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, uh, pick that up. Mm-hmm. Super happy with it as far as now. Yeah. yeah, and you were shooting with a 24 to 70 L lens? Uh was that what I saw? No, it's a 24 to 105. So it's just the oh. kit lens F4. Yeah. Uh, haven't picked up any other gear as of now. Yeah. But uh, the the kind of holy trinity that I'd like to eventually have is, of course, 16 to 35, 2.8, then 24 to 70, and then 70 to 200. All yeah. three, like, that is just, you, you're not going to miss out on anything. <laughs> yeah. But then again, that comes lugging around gear and... You're so. a strong dude, like, like <laughs> I'll just carry like four bags around all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, always be prepared. You're just that dude who's like downtown, like with all his friends, just like carrying like two pelican cases <laughs> and a backpack and a five D, and you're just like, Haha. yeah, but yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, and then you've, okay. So you've gone from Nikon to Sony to Canon, man, a lot of people nowadays, they would only stick to one brand cause they, yeah. that's the only one that they trust, but like, or they just get used to the UI of that particular brand and they don't want to move on. Like mm-hmm. you obviously must be then pretty quick to adapt, right? Well, I think that each camera brand has their own kind of what they can bring to the table, right? They yeah. all have their own speciality and they can each kind of like develop something different. Mm-hmm. And like I've told you this before the interview, I'm still kind of trying to find my personal style as far as aesthetics go. Right. Um, and I think I'm starting to fit in. I think I really like the Canon aesthetic, the how crisp it is. And then it comes with like a very, I think it's a sensor probably that's doing it, but the, it has like a very golden kind of hue to it. If you've noticed. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, the skin tones that yeah, Canon cameras no. capture yeah. is unlike anything else. Yeah. What I found <clears throat> with, uh, the Sony, uh, sensors is that it, it has almost kind of like a purple hue to it. Yeah. So it's like a the magenta. Yeah. yeah. So I would always have to bring that down and bring the greens a little bit more. Um, but yeah, with the Canon, it's just always spot on with the skin tones and I can just go from there. Yeah. One extra step that I don't have to do. Yeah, exactly. Having, right? Oh yeah. And every moment counts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's awesome, dude. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, um, but let's get into the style that you are shooting currently. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you started shooting, how did you develop into what you're shooting in terms of style now? Um, that's a good question. I'd really have to think about that one. I, I've definitely played around with a lot of different colors. Yeah. Um, right now, as far as my landscape stuff, I'm really enjoying kind of like a lighter, kind of more yellow. I wouldn't say to the point of being yellow, but like a really light, gold. brighter highlights, gold, kind of like crisp, warm kind of style aesthetic. Right. And that kind of developed... Uh, when we went down to California, because a lot of the beaches are like that nice kind of yellow gold. Same thing with like the bluffs. Um, and then when we were down in San Francisco shooting urban settings, a lot of their buildings are gold or orange or yellow. They don't have a lot of variety as far as like dark buildings. Right. So I was shooting that a lot and editing that a lot. And that kind of just like popped to me, especially with like if you throw in like a nice teal it's very cliche like the teal and the gold and yeah but i think i've i've spun it off a little bit so that the it's not kind of your generic kind of vlogger look yeah um 
where everything's like just a little bit muted a little more. So it's not super punchy in your face. It's just, it just looks clean and crisp, right? Right. Like an everyday, nice summer day that looks warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I, makes I'm, a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. I was shooting a lot darker. Um, so like greens and like forest settings were really punchy and the darks were punchy and the blacks, same thing. Um, and I think that just kind of, it, I wouldn't say it gets repetitive, but it almost becomes like second nature when you're editing as well. Cause you shoot it, <clears throat> slap on the same preset, tweak it a little bit and boom, you've got your photo. And when I'm shooting, I always like a challenge. Yeah. So this is like been pretty challenging when you're like shooting in a darker scenario, especially like center of gravity this weekend when the lights started to go down and like sun went down, trying to get that same aesthetic was really hard. I didn't, I don't think I found one that I quite like with that aesthetic, but I resorted back to the good, like nice, clean event style. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with what I'm shooting at right now, but I think developing over the years, just like messing around with different colors and different presets and like developing your own presets is super huge, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like playing around and then eventually you kind of fall into one pattern and you're like, okay, this is, this is my style. This is my aesthetic and I really enjoy it and you like how it looks. Right. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And in terms of like your influences, are there any particular people that have influenced your style currently? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I'd say it's kind of all over the place right now. Uh, when we were on our road trip, we met up with Big Ben. Uh, his Instagram is It's Big Ben. Okay. Um, and Emmett Sparling. And those guys both shoot on Cameron, Canon, same camera as me. And yeah. it was like just looking at their photography and what they can produce is pretty insane. And those had a big impact on me. Um, and then, I don't know, just scrolling through Instagram and just find like finding smaller photography stuff and people who aren't kind of super blown up, super well known. Right. I think that has a big influence. Um, Another one for my event stuff would be like Henry Wu. He's from Vancouver. His stuff is just incredible. Uh, His lighting, his colors just like pop and they just look so clean and crisp all the time. That's super huge. Uh, Another guy, his Instagram is Jeffrey. Right. He's along the same lines, like, very clean, very pungent colors, but like not in your face. And I think that's kind of what I would like to develop over time is just like something where it pops, but it's not like oversaturated, over clarity, just like it's like a nice clean image and you're everyone appreciates it kind of right? yeah. timeless look. Do you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And it's not going to look gross like five years from now being like, oh, that was that years of style editing. It was just like, that's a good photo. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the thing is, it's a really hard balance to find something that pops, but still stays clean or yeah. it's not oversaturated mm-hmm. or overclaritied, you know? Um, and it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a very tough thing to sort of balance. Yeah, it's kind of right on the edge, right? Because yeah. if you like, for example, if you're like messing with clarity and you're like, I've been at it where like, plus 11 is perfect and i'll go like plus 12 or plus 13 and it just looks gross it just looks like somebody took their phone and just like boosted clarity on their iphone or something right you know what i mean and yeah it's like it's a very fine line yeah but absolutely it's a challenge I find that often whenever I do edits, like especially lately, especially with the portraits that I've been putting up for for the culture, Mm -hmm. uh I find that I always just i'll i'll make an edit and i'll 
copy those settings and I'll paste it somewhere else and I'll completely start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I find that, well, my cousin taught me a couple of years ago when I was designing an album cover, uh, he said to me, you know, you should, even though you're satisfied with this, you should keep on doing more with it because you might be able to find something that yeah. works for you better. And so I did. Um, uh, and, and I found that I have taken that philosophy into what I'm doing now in my photography. And it's really kind of like unlocked a lot more for me in terms of what I could do and the tones that I can get. That's very true. And I think subconsciously I've been doing that a little bit, but yeah. I, I'm definitely going to, now that you mentioned it, I'm definitely going to do that more. I think just, yeah, like you said, when you're at a point where you're like, okay, I like this, just kind of like let it sit and let it reflect upon you. I, with my uh, filming with like my edits, I'll definitely do that where like I'll film, I'll edit like half an hour, an hour, or however long I've been sitting in front of the computer screen for. Yeah. And I'll do like a little segment. I'll do like three minutes of a video. And then I'll kind of like walk away. And then when I'm ready to do the next part of the video, I'll go and rewatch that. And that's when I start doing like the really small tweaking and I'll be like, okay, so this needs to change. I need to move this over. And then at that point, it's, it's you're coming back fresh because you're not, you have, you don't have everything ingrained in your memory at that point. Right. right. So you're looking at it from a viewer's perspective, not from your perspective of sitting in front of the computer for hours on end, knowing every little step. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you catch stuff that you miss. Yeah, absolutely. Man, do I ever find it like friggin' draining to stay, sit in front of a computer for Tell hours. Tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's huge. It's so sick to just like do work that you appreciate and that you really, really are passionate about. But sometimes though, just like physically how it affects you is fucked. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, especially like one of the photos that I've spent the longest on, there's a uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's the photo of the Yosemite Valley. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. 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 So that was shot like probably like 10 at night just like yeah it was, was insane it? yeah holy so, shit i oh i i knew it looked a little dark but i was just it like it was a lot of editing so it came when it came out of the camera it was dark so then i had to boost up the brightness obviously get the highlights out a little bit and then i didn't do multiple layers which like most people were like what what's going on here but um yeah like just spent probably like an hour and a half on that photo just tweaking it because like i got two other photos of the valley which probably should have been more <laughs> but uh yeah just like because of time and wise and whatnot but those were like the three photos that i got and i really wanted to make them look pristine so i was like okay i'm just gonna grind down and figure this out and luckily like it turned out so perfect and it's yeah. still it's probably one of my favorite photos not only because of how it looks but i think just because of the time and effort put in yeah there's kind of like a backstory behind it too right yeah i saw your caption it said i hated this photo when i saw it but yeah. now it's one of my absolute favorites yeah, yeah 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 no like when it came out of the camera i looked at it and i was like this is bullshit like what am i doing here? Like, <laughs> this is terrible i need to like rethink this and like I think I edited that like <clears throat> probably a month after we got back and like I had already gone through my photos and that one was just still like kind of like trash bin, like not going to edit it. And I was like, man, like I, I hadn't gotten a good crisp shot of Yosemite in its entirety. I was like, okay, I need to actually like just, I don't care if it's a bad photo. I'm just going to edit it and see how it turns out. And luckily, like now I'm just, like, every time I look at that, it's my screensaver on my computer and I'm like, damn, wow. this looks so good. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I'm, I'm really impressed. That's crazy. Um, okay. So 
In terms of your favorite photos, my mm-hmm. personal favorite photo is of Riza, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that photo is insane. So yeah. tell me, tell me about that weekend actually before we get into that photo. Okay, so I went Saturday and Sunday. Um, Friday I was working. So Saturday night came through, uh, shot at the beach, stayed a little bit, and then, yeah, at the main stage, who was playing? It was Juicy Jane Wu Tang. Dope. Um, yeah, so that was a pretty sweet set. Both of them just like absolutely killed it. Yeah. Um, and I was shooting with my good friend Justin Hill, who's mm-hmm. been on uh, for the culture. Yeah. But super, like his photography has also influenced me quite a bit as far as like in the nightlife game and yeah, and the event stuff. He's um, done great work. Oh yeah, I love it. Uh, super clean. Yeah. And just like his colors are what impresses me. I know. Yeah. I have no idea how the guy does it. Yeah, like his he, colors are crazy. Like the um, post that I made when I hit a hundred followers, and mm-hmm. he took and he had those photos of me with these sunflowers. I was just like, what the fuck. No, it's crazy, especially, like, I don't know if you've seen the photos of, he shot, like, a couple portraits for Gigi McGree, I think her name is. She's okay. a, she's an artist. She was here at Cog last year. Yeah. But, man, like, it's just, like, insane. The, the colors that he can produce is just, like, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just so good. <laughs> He's straight up talented. Yeah, that no, is he like, just, he yeah. knows his stuff. He knows how to get it. And he gets it done. Like, yeah. it's just simple as that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dude's so talented. Shout out, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> big shout out, Justin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, him and I came through, and uh, we were shooting Saturday and Sunday. Um, and, yeah, Wu-Tang came out, and all the photographers were in the pit. That was super crazy, you know, like, being, like, right there, like, 20 feet away from them. Like, music I've listened to for, like, a long time, and then finally, like, being at this point where I'm shooting photos for them, that was crazy. Especially, like, I know Justin feels the same way. Both of us were just, like, jamming out the entire time, like, losing our shit. Just yeah. like, yo, like, Wu-Tang is here and we just shot photos for them. But, um, yeah, like, he came out and he had a bottle of champagne. I'm like, oh, my God, I hope he, like, pops that open and starts spraying it. Like, he better. And then he, like, starts to pop the cork a little bit. I'm like, oh, he's going to fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I got my camera ready and I probably went through, like, just, like, five different freaking apertures and like modes just like so quickly just like oh this one no 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 just like going through different shutter speeds and then right as he like started to shake it up and i was like okay like this is it i better have this down focused on his face just like flipped it to manual focus because then you don't want that like tracking right yeah and just like held down the shutter (laughs) and just prayed and i was like did i get it and like five minutes after their set we walked off and turned to Justin I was like dude I think I got this like I think I got the shot and I looked and it was just like so crisp money shot like the shot I was so stoked it was pretty dope oh my god like I wish that there was a way that you can like send that to him directly yeah I I want to and I've tagged him a lot (laughs) (laughs) I saw that yeah I've tagged like the entire Wu-Tang yeah 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 I saw that that's uh, so wild though yeah that was like a crazy moment for sure like just seeing that and I was like sweet I finally like I got the shot and I'm like so stoked with it I didn't like I barely had to edit it I think I like just tweaked like the brightness a little bit highlights clarity and really yeah like they just it just came out so clean that because I, I was gonna ask you about that because you have the reds on the right and then you have like the smoke on the left and i was just sort of gonna ask you if you had added that smoke or added no, anything additional no surprisingly not like i thought i would have to yeah but uh just the way like when i turned the brightness up and stuff and i i played with the vibrance a little bit just so so that it's like pops pops a little bit yeah. more and then also with that uh like 
I feel like the reds kind of like transform across the photo a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, just edited a little bit. Like <laughs> it was pretty funny when I was editing it. It was I was actually in the back room at Sapphire with Justin because I was shooting that night at Sapphire with Justin. Oh, so I'm like sitting in the corner after shooting, and I'm just like, man, might as well edit some photos. And we're just jamming out, listening to some people DJ. I kind of like figured it out and like brought Justin over. I'm like, dude, I think this is it. He's like, yeah, dude, like that is that is clean. Yeah. Like, like, I was pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. That's but, so wild. Yeah. I was like, I was super fired up about that shot. That was huge. And then I haven't posted one. It's in the mix right now, but uh, it's a shot of French Montana. And it's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, it's got this super kind of like almost grunge. It's nothing. It's so unorthodox to what I shoot normally, like editing wise. But uh, if you can kind of like picture, almost like a fast and furious look like their cover of them walking like right. all five of them that kind of grungy a little bit darker but like still pops i don't know it's just like it's got such a specific look to it yeah i wouldn't normally edit like that but i think i just i liked the way it looked and just decided to roll with it wow but uh i'm really stoked i'm gonna like post that probably tomorrow or the day after so definitely like keep your eyes out for that yeah well it'll be out by the time that this interview is posted, oh for sure 100 so. yeah you guys will know the one um but yeah i'm really excited i can't wait to see you know what now that you mentioned it, i haven't seen a single person on my timeline uh maybe that means i'm not following enough people <laughs> <laughs> but i haven't seen a single person post a picture of french montana yeah um he I, I enjoyed his set to a certain extent. He did a lot of throwback stuff. So yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he he played a tribute to XXX Tentacion. Yeah, right? that was huge. Rest Man. in peace, X. Right. Uh, rest in peace. Honestly, uh, regardless of what people think, I I really wish that that guy was still alive. I think he was honored yeah. something really sick. As I've I've told a lot of people this. As a person, I did not like him. As yeah. an artist and a musician, his music was definitely not what normally people. would listening to yeah um and then when he did release it people were like oh my god like he's on to something for sure this is yeah. not what we've heard and this is pretty fire <laughs> yeah oh yeah um yeah uh r.i.p.x he was only 20 years old man like 20 years old is not a lot no. it shouldn't be a lifetime for anybody and so. he was still like definitely finding the sound for sure like yeah and just yourself as a ago. person like exactly you like there's like tons of people who haven't figured themselves out yet yeah. at 20 so R.I.P.X. But anyway, I heard a lot of I, I know a few friends that actually ended up walking away from French Montana mm -hmm. set because he kept on like playing and pausing and muting and all that stuff. So he I think unfortunately that came down to the DJ. Yeah. Uh, DJ was not up to par. Mm. There is like I'm sure as you know, like before a concert, like before like French would come out, DJs like plays like a five, ten minute like hype set with like you know, like ASAP Ferg, yeah. like Lil Pump, like all like the bangers gets everyone going. And unfortunately, instead of, you know, like beat matching and crossfading, like, you know, mixing like a DJ should, it was just like cut and cut and cut. And I mean, like no hate to the DJ themselves, but I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the performance, right. which is unfortunate. That and is unfortunate. I, yeah. And I think that set the tone for the photographers as well, because I know like... For somebody who's trying to like gain followers or gain publicity, you're gonna want to post about the act that was 
the most hype or like that people enjoy the most right so that's yeah. probably why but i i'm still super stoked on some of the photos that i got so i'm of course going to post them right? yeah 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 right. uh, for sure like french montana has never come to the okanagan before mm-hmm. neither has wu-tang juicy j was gonna but he didn't make it to the show that we he was gonna be a part of a few years ago yeah um but uh no it's super cool like especially since i haven't seen any photos i'm very like itching to see a couple for sure of french yeah for sure yeah uh he probably played that one song that was like blowing up a few months ago with sway lee right i'm trying to remember um which song is that (laughs) it was uh it had like a afro beat beat to it um it was oh what the fuck was it uh so apparently Shit. I don't know like French Montana at all. <laughs> no, it's but, all good. It's all good. Um, I'm sure whoever's listening to is like yelling at us right now. Yeah, I'm like, this sure. is this song, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we're just like, oh, God, this is awkward. I just don't remember what the song title was. I, I can hear the song in my head. I yeah. don't remember what it's called, but, uh, it, uh, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, that's sick. I feel like I, from the, from like, as far as I can tell, this is probably the most successful cog we've had uh so far i think as far as music wise and music yeah, yeah music, music wise yeah definitely there are some unfortunate events well yeah, yeah. rest in peace that 16 year old girl yeah that was major unfortunate event like mm-hmm. don't do drugs kids that's not cool and if you do make sure you know where you're getting it from exactly don't just take it from strangers do yeah. it safely don't do it unfortunately yeah. yeah yeah um but that's unfortunate though um overall though like you said though i think as on a lighter tone the Mm -hmm. the music wise was good um organization of the show was like i don't know it it depends on how you looked at it really Um, there's there's some people who are like unfortunately uh on the bad end of the stick um but i'd say like music wise yeah it was good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i had fun uh as as if any music festival there's gonna be the ups and downs right yeah of course yeah Yeah. yeah, of course and uh luckily i uh (laughs) i i had a good time yeah yeah yeah. they're like of course there's gonna be people who aren't having the greatest time in their life but uh yeah i mean i can't complain it is what it is man exactly Yeah, yeah that's so sick that's crazy uh okay so we've covered cog and i wanted to also ask you about before we get into this next topic, do you have any upcoming uh, dates that you're going to be shooting at at all? Um, so this Saturday, actually, I'm pretty stoked about this one. So Big White is doing kind of like a Instagram media influencer hike event day. So they're, I don't know if it's geocaching. I actually just got the DM probably like five minutes before I came up oh. here to the studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they invited me. Um, I guess they invited my brother, but he's out of town, so I kind of got handed off. Right. <laughs> Bless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're doing, uh, they're providing the photographers with like chairlift rides and free food and stuff, which is super awesome. But yeah, we just get to go hike around, take some photos of sweet nature shots, super scenic. Sick. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'd like to get a couple of some bikers for sure, see if I can get over to like the bike trails area and like hike on over there and see what I can capture nearing golden hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't really shot up at big white all too too much i the role of film that was stolen was shot at big white oh that was the last time i've been up the, the last time that i was up there was uh when i shot that role of film that was like my brother and i were both shooting on film only that day yeah yeah 
So that was a major bummer. So I'm going to see if I can kind of recreate some of those shots. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That would be super rad. But uh, yeah, Big White has a lot to offer as far as nature goes and as far as scenery and landscape. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah. Um, Then as far as that for now, um, kind of taking it a little bit easy. I'm heading down on a trip down to Laguna Beach actually on the 9th for a week. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm super stoked with that. Um, Yeah. Heading down there. and there for five days mm-hmm. it's gonna be huge yeah very do cool. some surfing get some photos get some more of that like cali vibe yeah in the photos like i was talking about earlier yeah so i'm really excited for that yeah overall it's gonna be a great trip yeah sounds like you have a really stacked summer coming up yeah man and to think like it's like four weeks till school starts that's like oh the- dude <laughs> i know i major buzzkill i just had oh to put my it in there God. You- <laughs> yo those are my ratings you're talking about man. i mean like um yeah man we got all summer to go <laughs> <laughs> uh make sure you give my podcast five stars regardless of what we talk about <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah the summer's been like super rad so far I'm really yeah dude it. this yeah. summer's been sick yeah no like overall like as a as a whole like 10 out of 10 yeah think, like my brother and I, like, during ski season even, we were like, okay, like, we need to make this summer sick. Like, get everything on our, like, Instagram bucket list in brackets <laughs> um, done. So, like, we, like, what would we hit? We hit the, uh, I forget the name of the trestles. Man, this is, like, not good. Oh, uh, uh, outside of Hope. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not familiar with those. Okay. Um, there, It's an old bridge, and it's super generic instagram spot mm. but like we'd never been there because we thought it was like a two three hour hike off the highway and then we parked and we we're like oh it's like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but uh unfortunately they burnt down like at the start of the year oh no yeah so like it's like it's a it's a metal trestle like metal bridge mm-hmm. but the ins- like in between the two metal uprights was like the wood right uh, that you would walk across of course now it's mm. just like it's a little sketchier so you have mm. to rock walk on like like a foot wide like 500 foot cliff basically holy shit yeah it's pretty gnarly still gonna do that uh we did yeah and my brother uh i got a photo of him walking across it chilling at the very edge which was pretty gnarly holy (laughs) shit didn't tell my mom about that one (laughs) keeping that on the dl but uh no like a lot of people have done it just as long as you're safe right like Mm -hmm. as long as you're knowing what you're getting into um i think for the whole kind of like instagram adventuring lifestyle people take that they don't they don't accept the risks to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're not fully calculating it. Unfortunately, uh three Instagrammers, they're good friends of mine, uh, and a good friend of my friend Jacob Crawford. They're from Vancouver. They passed away this year uh from a waterfall accident in Vancouver. Oh. So I think that was a big wake up call for a lot of the community. Um so just like being careful out there while you're trying to get those shots, right? Yeah. And like think once you get too comfortable to the point where you're like, oh, I've done this a million times, that's when accidents happen. Yeah, absolutely. So that was like when my brother and I went out there, it's like, okay, we're doing this one at a time. Very careful. If it gets too windy, you're like sitting on your ass and you're just like scooting all the way back to the end of the bridge. Like we are not fucking around. We don't want anything happening. Right. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, of course not. But, and uh, yeah. Uh, be careful, everybody. Uh, no amount of likes is worth your life. Exactly. So, That's yeah. huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, check that one off the bucket list. Yeah. Um, then what else have we done? Oh, yeah. So like Abiqua Falls. That's like super classic in Oregon. Um, same with Multnomah Falls. Both of those are just like your classic Instagram waterfalls. Yeah. But you know what? It's great. <laughs> like when you're there, it's like, okay, I don't care if this is just like shot like over a million times. This is like 
nature's sweet nature's yeah. super rad um and that's like what i've been like getting into quite a bit on the side of the event stuff is just trying to get in that travel kind of landscape mm-hmm. um yeah so like when we were down in cali that that took off for me mm-hmm. and that was like super awesome getting a lot of shots so yeah check those off and then like of course everyone knows cannon beach if i don't know if you've heard of it uh oregon you know like the beaches in oregon are just like all time yeah um and then yeah along the oregon coast california coast all that tried to check out as much as it off as we could yeah then yosemite was super big that was a huge one for us um and now i'm just kind of trying to go through and figure out all the, like the smaller local spots around bc and trying to shoot those now but Sick. uh yeah, summer's been super rad. Off a little tangent again there. <laughs> but back, it's all to, good, dude. back to the main thing. Summer's super rad, and I like shooting <laughs> photos. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Damn, that was quite a tangent, dude. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's me as a person. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Even I was going like, what were you talking about again? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was awesome. Great. Um, so honestly, that kind of like gives me more of like an adventure itch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was... Uh, I think the one thing that started that whole kind of like wanting to do more adventures was literally like uh, in January, I want to say, I got a concussion scheme. So that put school on hold. Oh. Or was it February? No, I got it in February, end of February. So that put school on hold. And like for like two weeks, I couldn't do anything. Like couldn't even watch TV, didn't open my phone up. And then like after that recovery period where you can like start like looking at a screen and stuff like you still can't get through the day without like losing focus so i tried going to school once and like one class i just like couldn't even sit through i'm like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah so it was pretty bad and i just decided to like put school on hold and just let myself recover right how long what what did you get the uh, concussion from so i was skiing uh and we were filming all day and then at the end of the day last run usually everything happens last run yeah which is a little unfortunate but uh there's a there's a jump underneath one of the chairs at the bottom and uh all day we've been hitting it like sending it super big and earlier that day my brother flipped it and i was like oh man i gotta one-up him so i like went to backflip under rotated head first into a tree not very fun uh so yeah like that was super unfortunate but I think that was kind of a little bit of a blessing at the same time because I started watching a lot of more travel vlogs and stuff and learning about photography more and more because I would just like spend my time reading all of these articles and learning about my camera and shooting as much as I could. And I think that's kind of what started the whole more more of photography realizing it could be a full-time job to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, less of it being a sideshow. Okay. Yeah. So, Damn. like, you know, silver lining. Yeah. To a certain extent. Okay. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. And so, um, you're trying to turn photography into a full-time that, uh, job at this point then? Uh, I'd like to. I think that would be super awesome. Um, it's difficult. It's very difficult trying to sustain yourself off going from gig to gig. Because, like, you never really know when the next one's coming up unless you have, like, residency somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or if you, like, own your own company for, like, wine tours or something. Or something, like, low-key, right? Where you, you're you just going to bang out a bunch of them, like, once a week. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. When, like, the stuff that I would want to shoot, like, events, like, you know when the next center of gravity is it's next year, right? And, like, the next 
festival and stuff, it might be two weeks away. It might be six months away if you're in the dead of winter, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like hit and miss. It's, you'd have to make a lot of sacrifices. And I, listening to David, that's why he keeps his full-time job, which is like totally respectable. And I get yeah. that. And I think that's definitely the smart move if you're sitting in a position where, you know, you want to have money, right? And you want to sustain yourself. Um and definitely, I think I'll probably be down that same path at one at one point where yeah. like it's a full time job, photography. I still take it seriously, and I still shoot a lot of photos. But realistically, if you want it to be a full time job, you're you're gonna have a glamorous lifestyle in front of the lens. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. People don't realize how much photographers sacrifice. Like there is a there's a short film the other year at the Vancouver International Mountain Film Festival about a photographer who shoots rock climbing and he started he was a rock climber competitively and professionally for a number of years and then he started shooting photos of his friends and he was talking about how he shoots every single day for roughly six to seven hours plus editing he lives in a little hut you know surrounded by his gear and he's constantly climbing constantly shooting photos and like the photos that turn out looks amazing but 90 percent of the time like you know, he's below the poverty line and it's like super awesome what he's doing. It's like, I would love to be outside all the time, but at the same time, like I'd like to have that extra little bit yeah. of cash to live comfortably. And like, sometimes that lifestyle isn't for everyone. Yeah. He obviously makes it work, mm-hmm. which is like huge props to him. Yeah. Well, it completely depends on what your priorities are. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'd love mm-hmm. to see like you kind of, I mean, you're doing actually some really cool stuff with it mm-hmm. already. So for you to jump like head first into it, I bet you can come up with something really cool. I, I think like one of my friends was telling me like, you can't like counting all of your eggs in the same basket is one thing. But if you do count all of your eggs in the one basket, then you don't have a plan B. And when you don't have a plan B, then you put all into one right yeah. you know what i mean you put all of your effort into plan a so that you don't have to rely on plan b and which is like a little contradictory like you shouldn't have to do that but at the same time like i get where he's coming from because what he's trying to say is like you know always put your all in right like yeah. always dedicate your fullest yeah and i think if i did that with photography definitely like i think i could come out with something but at the same time then you're sacrificing so much that you'd be missing out on, which I personally would enjoy. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of don't, I kind of like don't agree with that because the thing is it is kind of like what, like, sure you can put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's say for example, photography is your, um, singular, like primary source, right? Primary source of income. Yeah. 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 But what if, what happens if you're just in a dry you're if you're in a drought for gigs you know it's like yeah. where are you gonna get that money from you know exactly I, I, I personally believe in multiple sources of passive income no that's that's I totally understand and I yeah. totally agree with you yeah um and like that's why I like take that with a grain of salt right yeah absolutely like, you can apply that to certain things but for like a for your job specifically like definitely for this day and age where entrepreneurship is so huge yeah having like you said those multiple different sources like so if you do have that dry spell like you said you can still you know live comfortably to a certain extent right mm-hmm. at least being able to afford your rent 
Yeah. Right? You know, no, at least be able to afford the like vitals of yep. what there is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think that as long as you can support that, sure, like do whatever you got to do, man. Mm-hmm. But like you should be able to find a way to at least support those things that are necessary to like have a roof over your head, uh, food in your belly, like that kind of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, the necessities for sure. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but that's sick. Very cool to see where you're going to get where you're thinking about going in the future. Um, I wanted to ask you though, since you don't shoot very many portraits or anything like that, you mostly do adventure photography. How are you planning on getting that as your career? You know what? Funny thing you mentioned that. Cause like I love shooting portraits. Oh, okay. And I've, I've definitely like shot some of my brother and my friends and stuff. I just like, I haven't posted them Okay. and I'd like to shoot more of them, but I think oh. like, just like finding somebody to shoot with is like, little bit of a struggle right now just because like people view my instagram as like concert or adventure instagram right right so like when i post an insta story like hey can i get some like people to model for me they're like the people who are viewing that are people who are not necessarily going to want to model they're going to want to see like content for like adventure stuff right yeah um but then again yeah like i would totally love to shoot more portrait stuff i definitely need to work on it it's definitely not my forte right but it's like people who shoot good portraits, I respect that a lot. There's uh she's a Instagrammer and a photographer on the island, uh Alessandra, I forget her last name. But her portraits are just absolutely incredible, super crisp, and like the tones are just like super perfect. Same thing with uh I don't know if you follow uh his Instagram is Art is Honesty. Okay, I, I don't follow him, no. No, uh, his name's Levi. Super crazy portraits. Like, they are some of the coolest that I've seen. Um, and each one, I feel like, kind of tells a story to a certain extent. Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'd like to break into that a little more. Because mm. I think you can only tell so much with landscape, right? Right, yeah. And that's what photography, to a certain extent, is all about. Is like, you know, telling an entire story in one frame. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that could be a tricky thing to do sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're trying to capture like an emotion or you're trying to capture a feeling with a photo or like a story, a moment. Moments are huge. Like yeah. if you capture a moment, that's like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with portrait stuff, it's like you're trying to capture a story or a feeling. And I think I need to work on that quite a bit as far as portraiture goes so mm-hmm. if anyone out there wants to uh model for me for free well i can build my portfolio <laughs> hit me up young taylor <laughs> shameless plug right there <laughs> that's safe for the end man yeah <laughs> just oh, kidding <laughs> no it's all good it's all good um okay cool i want i was just very very curious mm-hmm. how are you planning on differentiating or just allowing in the portraits in your sort of like niche that you've already gotten going on like how are you gonna enter that um Actually, so Emmett, Emmett, he does a really good job of that. He does a lot of his portraits kind of like outdoors. There's quite a few photographers that do it outdoors or like adventure kind of lifestyle. Um, and I think incorporating that so that the subject is the portrait, but then also it's like, you know, you could throw it, not throw, but you could place the model or the portrait, position them so that they're like standing on like a super scenic rock bluff with like a crazy view of the lake or something right yeah so you want to incorporate your still like crazy adventure landscapes and like get into a super rad spot but then still have it so that you know your portrait 
is still there. Yeah. Right? So you're including a little bit of everything. And I think that's kind of like the end goal. And I'd like to do more of that. It's just, you know, something that I need to work on. Mm, yeah, definitely. Sick. That's very cool. I can't <laughs> wait to see like how it turns out for you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's going to be a challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. Hell yeah. You like challenges. Though, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> 100%. Hell yeah. Okay. Now, I wanted to actually ask you, uh, Driven Collective. Yeah. You're the chief of media on that. Yeah. Okay. So, tell me. You're with a guy named Ryan uh, Menard? Menard. Menard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, how did you guys link up? What is Driven Collective? So... Uh, my brother and I both have passion for cars. We, we, we've been working on his car for a long time and he spends hours on that. It's like crazy what he's doing with it. Um, so kind of through that, um, we will spend a lot of time at the local tuning shop, which is classified motorsports. So our good friend, Kyle Scanlon, he owns, and he's like the head technician. And then kind of around that, you know, like all of your car lovers kind of like hang out there at the shop and there's kind of a consistent crew between my brother myself uh ryan menard who's a very good friend of mine uh owen kuipers uh matt and then like the owners of the shop and stuff and that that's kind of like our car friend group to a certain extent right yeah um yeah but ryan and i are still super good friends and he had driven collective priorly as kind of like a automotive culture brand so right. selling like small trinkets, like little like turbo whistles for keychains and stuff, and then cool. t-shirts. And it was more of a clothing brand than anything. And then just because it you know it wasn't making as much much money as he anticipated, he decided to you know close things down, not put in money into it at the time, uh, pursue other options. And then I kind of saw the potential that I had as far as like the media company. Um, so then I asked him, I was like, hey. Do you mind if we start this back up, you know, turn it into a media company, I'll produce all the media, we'll get this going. And then once it gains a following more than it is right now, at that point, then we can start the merch lineup like he was doing before. So Driven Collective, I guess, as a whole, what you could call it, it's, you know, it's a media brand, it's a lifestyle, it's a culture, you know, like it's everything incorporated into one. So like, you know, you have your videos, photography, then there's like the t-shirts and sweaters. So it captures a little bit of everything, which is pretty stoked upon. Um, but yeah, like I'm still working on that. It's a big project. Yeah. It's going to be a long, long time to get things kind of snowballing and rolling the way, the way I'd like it to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like he was in charge. He really got it going. So I'd like huge props to Ryan for like getting all those followers and kind of getting like the following that it deserves. Yeah. But uh, now it's just kind of like getting things going again because it hadn't been active for like a year. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you essentially want to have like a car culture just sort of solidified in Kelowna <laughs> and just sort of you guys represent what that is. Yeah. And I mean like not only Kelowna, like I'd like to use it as like a media brand as well. Yeah. So like if we go to car meets and whatnot, that's going to be like, you know, Driven Collective is going to be our like media company with that it's not going to be like solely classified motorsports that we're going with it's going to be like classified motorsports and driven collective media right yeah so it's it's representing Kelowna like you said um but then like shooting photos for other companies and cars like around BC Canada what where wherever really yeah. yeah so. so you essentially are trying to find another avenue for your photography then in mm-hmm. some way and then even more so yeah exactly because yeah. I I really think it's cool like there's a couple of photographers that I follow who solely do automotive photography 
don't film or anything. It's just their photography is super crisp. Um, oh, what's his instrument? It's called Guy with a Camera 45 or 54, one of those two. <laughs> but he has like some of the cleanest shoots that I've ever seen. Just like, and he gets to shoot crazy cars all day, like Bugattis and Ferraris and Lambos, Ooh. just like 24 7. I was like, oh man. I mean, I wouldn't mind being <laughs> that 24 7. Yeah. But I, I'd say right now, just in this moment in time, my Instagram personally, like my photography is definitely like higher priority, but I'd still, I'm still like putting in effort to driven collectives, just trying to build it. And it's going to be a slow progression, but still there. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, and at what kind of follower count do you think you want to be at before you start making it expand a little more? I think to the point where people are actually asking for it. So like, like you could hint to it, like, you know, we might be dropping merch if you guys want it. And then once we get a proper following, I don't know, like 15,000, I'd say would be appropriate to like maybe release like some t-shirts or gauge it even. Um, but like as of now, I think we're sitting at 8,000 followers. Right. But I think like definitely there needs to be some improvement before we start, you know, shoveling in money to like develop, you know, different styles and like different t-shirts and then like ordering all those t-shirts, send them out. You know, it's, it's a big process and yeah. I'd like to put money into lenses instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still want to get your trifecta going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, quick tangent back into that. How far into the trifecta are you right now? Um, I'm just chilling at 24 to 105 for okay. the kit lens right now. Yeah, because the 16 to 35 was stolen. So that was kind of like the beginning point. But, right, right, right. Okay. But I think that's going to be the first. It's going to be probably 16 to 35, 70 to 200, and then the 24 to 70 is going to come last, I'd say. Right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's get back into Driven Collective. Of now. course, by all means. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. And do you think that... I, I have no idea what your like state of growth has been, but mm-hmm. um, do you think in, like say, six months or a year from now, you'll reach about 15K? I could see a year, mm-hmm. um, just because right now it's nearing the end of like the car show scene. Yeah, uh, Everyone's kind of starting to finish up their builds right now. And then, like, you know, once winter comes, everyone winterizes their cars, throws, puts them in the garage for the winter. Um, but during that time, I think that's when you got to do, like, a lot of the marketing to keep everyone stoked. So I think for the next, like, couple months, I'm going to be trying to pump out as many photo shoots as I can so they still have content over the winter. Yeah. So I'd say, like, next year, year and a half, I'd say, like, I could visually see that being there, maybe 15K. Yeah. Um, if we continue to produce the quality and you know just like producing content i think like consistently producing content is huge so i think that yeah a year year and a half i'd say sick Mm -hmm. cool i i would love to interview you and ryan yeah in that time you know like catch up with both of you in a year's time and just sort of solely maybe focus on driven collective i think it'd be sick no that would be super huge i could definitely like once we have that following and like you know Driven Collective as a whole can, is going to be like its own separate entity, then like definitely. Yeah. That'd be super rad. That'd be tight. Yeah. That'd be so sick. Okay, cool. Um, dope, man. Um, I don't think there was very much else that I wanted to cover. I think we covered like all the bases. Um, yeah. And uh, lastly, I guess you're an ambassador for a museum. Yeah. So they're, they're a uh, backpack company mm-hmm. online. Uh, super like 
super, super random. They just DM'd me and they're like, hey, like, we like your Instagram. If you want to apply to be like an ambassadorship, here's the form. Check it out. I mean, like, it may not be legit or not. I don't really care. <laughs> I, I get discounts. Like, that's all that I'm really concerned about. Cool. But man. I mean, like, their backpacks are super rad. It's like a duffel bag, a shoulder bag, and a backpack all in one. Uh, super cool patterns. Like, I, I have mine at home and they're like super durable and they're pretty cheap too. Like, um, the big one retails for $60 and then like if you use my promo it's 20% off so it's what like $48 yeah for like a 32 liter bag which is pretty good it's it's not bad like most like if you went and bought like a mech bag that would set you back like 200 bucks yeah so yeah yeah, if you're looking for a sweet adventure backpack or something to travel with definitely check it out hell yeah yeah they're super cool uh okay cool uh, I think that, that about covers what I wanted to ask you. Now, this is a segment that I've been doing consistently for the last maybe three, four episodes or so. Okay. Um, do you have any questions for me at all? Yeah. So uh, let's uh, learn about, I'm sure it's already been asked, but like what inspired for the culture? Oh, yeah. Uh, what inspired for the culture was that I, I'm always so like into the work that I'm doing. Like I'm uh, first and foremost, I'm a musician. I make lots and lots of music, but I found that I've always found it difficult for myself to just sort of like market mm-hmm. myself online, just sort of get the word out there because music, especially making an album takes fucking forever. Oh, like for it, sure. For me, especially like I have to, my music is very much like autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And so I have to live life for me to write music about the life that I lived. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and I've been releasing albums every two years. So it's like, how do you fill in that gap? So mm-hmm. what I wanted to do was that I wanted to, include a consistency where i get to meet new people um and they get to and we all get to just like market each other and i just found that like um i found it to be one thing a marketing thing for myself uh where i basically get to um interview you guys then i get to showcase everything that you guys do and then it's sort of like then uh you guys sort of start following me and you get to see what i'm doing too it's like um you sort of create this sort of like uh symbiotic relationship with the culture that you're in and i also wanted to make sure that i've just felt that always Kelowna has like a very sort of like broken and scattered art culture here right yeah i've noticed that so I sort of wanted to like create a much greater amount of awareness for it. And mm-hmm. I just wanted like for the culture Canada to be sort of like the center point where it all funnels in. And the thing is, you may have noticed that I don't call it for the culture Kelowna. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I wanted to expand eventually beyond Kelowna to the Okanagan, then beyond that to BC and to Canada. And I want it to be sort of much, much bigger than what it is right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it gives also like a platform for all the artists who are like working on promoting themselves it gives them a space to like you know show what they're doing right instead of kind of like being into like one little niche corner somebody who might be listening for the purpose like say photography for me they'll be listening to that and they'll listen to another podcast might be about an artist or a musician and then you know that might be sparking some interest into that as well like yeah yeah exactly super rad yeah thank you um and uh lastly i guess i wanted to say was that the photos that i take of people with the logo in front of it i wanted people to sort of look at those photos and sort of look at you guys as ambassadors Mm. i wanted to look almost like a magazine picture where you guys sort of just look really kind of like yeah you just look like ambassadors for the culture you represent and i want people that are like way way younger like 13 14 to look at you guys and just sort of be like i want to be like alex i want to be like nikita i want to be like justin hill yeah that kind of shit you know i want i want it to sort of like 
influence people in that sort of way yeah. with you, not with me, but with you. Yeah. So, so like ambassadors for that specific brand or culture. And then like once like they're all together, that's kind of like a brand for culture in its entirety. Yeah, exactly. And, and I want cool. Kelowna to be known for being like an artsy cultural place, right? Yeah, like I mean, Victoria is. is known for that, but Kelowna isn't. Yeah. Kelowna is a lot more known for like the athletic stuff you can do, which is very cool. We're mm-hmm. known for being a very fit city. Um, but I want art and culture to be a lot more forefront, Yeah, uh, you know, as well. So that's the whole inspiration of it for me. It's definitely growing for sure, which is pretty awesome to Thanks, see. Yeah. yeah. No, that's super cool. Literally a week and a half, I was like aiming to get 100 uh, followers. Right. Yeah. Um, and I broke a hundred followers a week and a half ago. And so, but I, th- it's been about, but since then I've, I'm, I'm nearing 150 now in okay. a week and a half. So it's like pretty good growth because it's consistent too. Yeah. It took about like two months to reach a hundred. Now I'm like, um, now I'm about, uh, it's 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 only it's almost been two it's gonna get to two weeks soon and i'm nearly there like halfway to what i was just at so it's crazy it's like it's like i'm really happy with the amount of growth that i'm getting and i think once once you start to like build followers it becomes easier to build followers to a certain extent yeah i mean yeah like for me the big turning point was like i hit 1500 and like boom 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 like consistently probably like every day like i get a new follower and especially like which was really quick crazy was i found that like going to events and like talking about your instagram like you know face-to-face interactions are the best way to like market yourself right yeah like this past weekend um jaws actually reposted one of my photos same thing with my friend kevin kemper he uh, reposted one of his photos on his instagram story and like just like consistently for the next couple of days got followers from that and then just like meeting artists um met tails shout out to tails he's super cool spencer what a homie yeah his music is crazy but met up with him and yeah tossed him a follow he tossed me a follow and like it's just a snowball effect right yeah. like once the people that are following for example my friend now uh his instagram is tentago uh but he's He's a visual artist, so he does a lot of uh, editing work. But yeah, he, he followed me, and then a lot of his followers will see that he followed me, and then kind of just like, I don't know. Instagram's crazy like that. <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Instagram's so nuts. No, they've, they've got a pretty interesting program there. Yeah. Like, it's like everyone's always trying to figure out the, you know, the algorithm and trying to like, I wouldn't say hack it, but use it beneficially to themselves. Yeah. But they're always changing. They're always... They are. Yeah, man, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah, that shit's wild, man. Yeah, that shit's wild. Um, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, yeah, it sounds like you've got a pretty good gig going on here. Yeah. It's pretty all right, man. It's all it's all good. Like yeah. I, I really, uh, I'm really thankful for uh, what I've got so far. I think mm-hmm. I've been putting so much fucking work into this. Like, yo, I've been staying up until like two, three, and then I'll wake up at eight to post an interview yeah. and whatever. And it's just like, it's a lot of work, but I feel really good doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like as long as you're staying consistent, which I can see that you are and you're yeah. definitely putting in work, putting in time and effort. Like that's huge. So yeah, de- definitely best of luck in the future. That Thank you like, so much, man. Best of luck to you too. Like yeah, you're doing great you. stuff, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. And, Hell yeah. You know, honored to be on this like podcast. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see where it like ends up in the future. Cause that'll be pretty rad you know like say like two years from now having it like sitting at like 10 15k that would be huge but think about like 
in back in time, like looking back and being like, oh, yo, I was one of the first people on this podcast when I had like 150 followers. Like, that's pretty huge. Yeah, man, I can't even imagine being at like 10K or 15K. Like it just, I've never had an Instagram account higher than even like 400, Mm -hmm. right? Before, before I started doing all this, uh, I found that like my personal account is even like growing in followers and I'm not even like posting that much. I'm just posting stories and like maybe one or two pictures here and there, but that's it. But like Mm -hmm. this year has been insane for me for Instagram actually. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty cool platform, especially like for posting stuff, advertising, all this stuff. Yeah. But Yeah. Like I said, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. It's been great to have you here. I'm so happy to have you here. It was a great combo. Uh, Also, you're falling into one of the longer uh, episodes that we've had. Sweet. Yeah, you're at a minute 15 at this point. A minute 15. Sorry, an hour 15. Uh, (laughs) uh, I was waiting how long it's going to take for me to fuck my words up. You know, it's all good. Minute 15 15. sounds like a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, hour 15. That's super hype thank you so much for being here thank you for everybody for listening this was for the culture canada podcast Uh, make sure to follow us on instagram at for the culture canada and also on all of our major streaming platforms i was your host deepak batty and you were just listening to alex taylor thank you so much have a great rest of your day thank you guys take care